Live from Hollywood, California, it's the historic 30th opening of San Diego Comic-Con. I don't... That... It's definitely been more than 30 years ago. That entrance... That intro went nowhere fast. That bit was a mistake. And (laughs) now... That was... You thought you were going to have to wait until October to get all that good, 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 legends. good question mark legends content, but thankfully they somehow made it. They they survived to San the trip. Diego Comic Con and were immediately escorted out within twenty four hours. Yeah, they it's did a not. special report on the Legends of Tomorrow Comic Con extravaganza. Extravaganza. Fuck it. We, I, I had a title and then I forgot it. We'll so figure we'll, we'll edit it. Edit it. We're going to put uh, it in post. We're going to, yeah. Here we go. Um, so, as you all know, uh, San Diego Comic Con is going to be closing out tonight. Right now we're recording this. It's like Sunday, 8 p.m. ish on the East Coast. So they probably got like another hour there. Yeah. Um, and all the DC stuff is done Saturday. Mm-hmm. So we had all the big. DC Entertainment Universe stuff, all the Justice League trailers, all that really impressive Just stuff. Overwhelming hype. I'm literally. But we're not here exhausted. for any of that good, impressive shit. We're here for Legends of Tomorrow. So let's top down discuss some of our favorite things that we saw. Uh, I'm gonna start first. Um, uh, the new girl. Help her. Oh my Tala god. Tala Ashi. Tala Ash or Tala? I'm just gonna call her. I'm not gonna say her last name other than just now when I was introducing her. So she'll be playing Zari Tomaz this season, who in the comics is Black Adam's wife, known as Isis. And they're not going to be able to use that name this season, so we're not really sure what they're going to call her. But that's not that's something they addressed yesterday. Because nobody wanted to ask them. So <laughs> since Isis is not exactly a word that we can use right now on basic American cable, what the hell are you going to call her? Because I think Phil Clemmer might have just yelled grenade and jumped <laughs> on. <laughs> like, he wouldn't I'm have... Phil Clemmer. <laughs> um, They're so not addressing that. Apparently Tala met everyone that morning. And in every single interview... They had to stop and ask a question and be like, so Tala, you're new. They were harassing her. And that's the her. question. And that's the entire question. Just, so Tala, you're fucking new here. I'm it, pretty sure Katie Lotz must have paraded her around San Diego uh-huh. Comic Con going, watch out, new meat coming through. Like, they were literally, meat. they were literally hazing this poor girl. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, she has no idea what's going on. And she's so sweet. And she seems so intelligent and nice and calm and not anything like most of the cast it's like now like her and Maisie who are both the most recent joiners aside from that Guido son of a bitch Nick Zano I don't I want to because like Maisie I think last year was a little bit more like Tala and like this year whatever they were drinking beforehand she was also in on she was absolutely I will say though it's like the most two recent female additions to this cast have been super nice and polite and quiet and calm and I'm just like I'm truly sorry because Everyone else on this cast is a trash yeah, fire. Yeah, Maisie was an anthropology. Maisie and... is very smart and what and so pretty. Like, what are you doing here? Okay, um, so let's let's talk about. Uh, besides that, the fact that the interviews, the interviews. I mean, 
I remember at the end of when they were like, oh, we don't know where we're going with this season. They're like pretending that they do now. But I think the most important takeaway I got from like the overall tone of the Legends interviews was they're very willing to admit in a way I've literally never seen any other show or its cast or crew or producers or directors or writers, anybody on involved with it admit that they don't have money and they don't have a plan and that no one involved on the show character wise is like smart or competent like like katie was admitting that like sarah's gonna make some bad decisions sarah has made a lot of bad decisions we're actually not very good at being time travelers the legends team is an incompetent mess and then when they were like so brandon is ray going to be making any new suits this season i think it was either him or nick was like oh no we don't have the budget for that um phil Clemmer looked at the one okay so they did two um group interviews and then they did some individual ones that our friend therese uh at nerdophiles did and I'm not totally sure if those are posted. And honestly, who has time to watch one-on-one interviews before we record this podcast? You know, we were at the Liberty Science Center today. I learned things. You had to interact with children, which was really true. They're so, I, I mean, I guess I'm glad they're learning science. But on the other hand, they're, they just had this fucking exhibit that was just bird cages. And, and they had hit me in the head like five times. Oh, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, it was just bird cages. This little, it was supposed to be like, it's the illusion of birds because the cages are making bird sounds. And I'm like, what horror movie is it that you're in a dark room with a couple of lights with bird cages moving around and well, you look in them and there's no birds. There's just speakers. I know you're saying this, but that actually legitimately sounds like a p- puzzle you would have to solve in Silent Hill where there would be like a bunch of bird cages playing bird calls and you would have to identify the specific kind of bird call because you would have previously found a poem two rooms back that talked about a specific kind of bird so you would have to know what the call of that bird that the poem was referencing sounded like oh wow silent hill is really complex yeah some of the puzzles in silent hill can get very like literary and intense this is like mist levels yeah i mean not always but like especially in the first two games there were a lot of like puzzles to that effect especially on the harder levels um puzzles involving poetry or art or um something like that because i was gonna say a bunch of bird cages in a poorly lit room does kind of sound like something the legends would do but like then you start getting really clever with it and i'm like nope we've gone too far no that's not well because cages seem to be a big theme in the uh, circus episode we're not there yet hold on (laughs) hold on we're gonna get to that we'll get there We're, we're getting there all right so now, when I say... But uh, to go back to... Because before I end this point, I was just genuinely shocked at how willing they were to admit that they don't yes. have any money and that they don't have a plan. This is San Diego Comic-Con. Like, this is, like, the hype machine yes. for cape media. Like, every single superhero film or pop culture nerd thing is coming out that's coming out this year has something at san diego this is their time to shine and they're like we don't have any money and we don't have a plan yes, and they our did characters are a, a mess few group interviews and the one they did with mark guggenheim every time somebody had to do the wah wah phil would make it be mark guggenheim so somebody was like so brandon is ray gonna get a new adam suit is he gonna and mark goes no he's not we don't have the money because we don't have the money and they actually discussed how much the Adam suit is and like how much it costs to render every episode. I'm not sure if you caught that. I did briefly. The Adam suit is $500,000. Honestly, in terms of special effects, though. 500000 US dollars. No, and then to render it per episode is 15000 to $20,000 for a digital double every episode. That's not it's it is a lot of money i'm not saying it's not a lot of money that is not horrible numbers like they're not like overcharging them or anything like that but that is just not so if you're wondering TV why he numbers. didn't have the adam suit 
for a few episodes last season. That would be why. I'm just, and I'm actually interested that they're talking numbers because like these aren't, we don't really usually get to see a look into like what the budget behind all this yes. stuff is. So I am interested in that, but also I'm just impressed because it's not like a high number. And the fact that like, we're used to hearing when people are, like, we spent 30 million on the effects budget. So for them to be like, it's like $50,000 to render this and we don't have that money. 15. 50,000 for the first thing and then 15,000. No, 500 or, oh God, it's only 15K an episode. Yeah. But to admit that that low of a number is putting you guys in the red is pretty embarrassed. Like just not the sort of thing I would see as like someone who's like PR invested. Like I wouldn't really want to put that forward in like the biggest hype machine for comic stuff. The Supergirl cast started, the PR people all left the other casts and had to descend on that. Oh yeah. Listen, I think immediately because everybody else was super well behaved this. Well, I'm not sure if you'd call Grant Gustin well behaved, but he behaved as well as we would have expected him to. He did not kidnap Candace and drive her over to Vegas to have them married by an Elvis impersonator. So we were close. We were really close. He did not also go full bunny boiler on the dog so we are super grateful he, he was close oh god it was real close that's why she kept the dog in her room most of the time <laughs> okay imagine i want listener i want you for a second to imagine you're you know working for dc tv you come to san diego comic-con you're standing next to someone uh and phil clemmer points at you and goes you you're on pr and points to the person next to you and go you you get to take care of candace's dog like imagine how Badly, you want to be the person. That is that is that is someone's supervillain origin. To be quite <laughs> frank with you, that is that is some supervillainy inspiring shit. But like, they. I mean, I was just like I said, like to go back. That was my immediate impression, other than the fact that oh my god, they were all fucking blitz. They were okay. Here's the thing: is like we are both adults. Yes, we know what drunk people look like. Uh huh. We know how they act, and we've also seen this cast in like other interviews and like red carpet stuff. Mm-hmm. So we sort of, I can tell when and- Katie, we've seen enough interviews with them where I'm like, I can tell when Katie is interviewing and she's super stoned or she's like only maybe had like a hit of something a couple <laughs> days ago. This was, they were probably smoking on the fucking plane levels of stoned and or drunk. Okay. Here's the thing is like, and we're not no judgment. dissing them for that, we but have, it was really I funny. I would probably be doing the same. I, was I mean, people have mentioned that face. Chris Evans has had to take an anxiety medication before, and it's probably just something they all do to reduce anxiety. Yeah. Like, I even get anxious before I do cons, and I'm Listen, a nobody. I would have railed a couple of Valium. Like, I mean, yeah. I like I if have. They all give them like if if Phil Clemmer slips them all a clonopin before Jeez. this fucking starts. I want to join that cast. Yeah. But it is something where it's just really funny because it's I'm not just, judging them and it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a negative. I think they, it's really funny. I think it's really funny because it makes them seem like really, it just makes charming them seem and more genuine. Like charming and genuine. It makes the legends cast, in my opinion, like kind of the best cast. Cause they just seem like the one you want to party with the most. Well, I think it's because it's like, it's the kind of, this is the sort of show where I'm okay if the cats shows up to interviews and Nick Zano is like my uncle grabbing someone's shoulder yeah, okay, and shaking them. Okay, so let me them. describe to you some behavior. One, I think Franz was asleep most of the time. Franz was, because Franz was definitely high end drunk, so he was just out of, like, he was gone. I also, don't, by the way, this is all just alleged. Alleged, yeah. So, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. This is not uh, technically slander. This is not slander. And also, I don't think we're, we're, be trying, to, we're trying to make you guys sound cool. Okay, yeah, don't be listen. jerks. 
Um, there's just this part where they're talking to Maisie about something and she's just swaying back and forth like on a completely little, still chair. It was adorable. I'm like, I've been there. Yeah. You're trying. <laughs> We've all been there. I really respect that she was trying super hard to appear sober and just doing it really Nick badly. Zano is apparently the handsiest fucking drunk on the face of the earth because they had this one interviewer. Who was half his size. Who was half his size, like this nerd in this glasses. This greedy little nerd and man. And Nick keeps grabbing him and like shaking him and like addressing him by name and like yelling his answers. <laughs> and I'm like oh my god. I love, I he's love. He's gonna die. He literally, he was like oh, my uncle for family they did barbecue. It's just such a, such a mess. But like if, if let's say at the Justice League panel, or no, actually no, because if Ezra Miller showed up to that high, I would have been like, "Hey, I love you." But like, if if, like, if professionals, if if people who are good at their jobs, who I expect to be good at their jobs on a high budget, fancy, expensive, well written show, that's not true. But, well, no, The Walking Dead isn't like well written, but like if Jeffrey Dean Morgan showed up and was like drinking at the panel, I'd be like, "This is fine." That's fine. Well, because The Walking Dead is Here's terrible. Here's the thing: I don't expect much from actors. You, that's you go to work, fair. you say your lines. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay. But in an overall sense, like, this is the sort of show where I can get away. Like, I can actually kind of feel like it adds to the charm of the show that yes, the cast the is like this. The they are, the better it makes the show feel. Because part of, like, as the appeal. Long, like, as long as they're, like, fun messy. Because here's the thing. Yeah. Is they were messy, but they were all messy in, like, a really endearing way. And we've seen what unendearing messy looks like thanks to the Supergirl cast. So, like. like thank you so much, guys, for yeah. making everyone else look so good this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, because like there's like they were I can't fun. They were harmless. The Supergirl cast literally saw just I, I don't know what the Riverdale cast was planning that they heard. I maybe the Riverdale cast was planning to like on actually, a full table read of flowers <laughs> in the attic. I the Riverdale cast was planning to just come out straight against gay marriage. And the Supergirl cast was like, Well, we can't let them outshine us, I guess. I guess. Um, um no, I mean like I feel Real bad for Katie McGrath you know right what? now. There, there was. I do distinctly remember back from, and this will make me sound very old. Yes. But back when um, Vic Mignogna was doing a lot of work as Ed Elric on the original Full Metal Alchemist anime, um, he and the voice actor who plays Roy Mustang, whose name I cannot remember, sorry, um, devised like a brief song about how weird and creepy they found fangirls shipping their characters, and that whole thing was super core. Totally struck me as like very similar, like. Also, Vic Mignogna is a is, fucking... Vic Mignogna is a piece of garbage. Is, like, but, a fucking pedophile. Yeah, so. like, that's... Not, I'm not even alleging. Like, he mm. is a total creep. Um, but... Allegedly. But still. We have to say allegedly so we don't get sued. We have to say allegedly because we don't get sued, but, like... Allegedly. Allegedly he is. However, um, this is... That kind of reminded me of that in, like, this very... It's the that's only other the situation... the worst comparison you could have possibly made, too, for them. Like, yeah, congratulations. Because that, that's the level you're because that and I remember it because it was super scuzzy and like nobody took it seriously at the time because they were like yeah of course they thought it was gross yaoi fangirls are super gross and like Fujoshi culture is super fucked up and gross but like that's worse that's just that's like there this is this is this isn't two wrongs make a right you're still being creepy and misogynistic but like the legends team to go back to this was like none of that nobody sang a song about how gross and weird it is that Sarah is bisexual uh Katie couldn't make a good sports metaphor um, they and spent 
three solid minutes trying to make a sports metaphor. Oh my god, the Mighty Ducks, dude. They're right fucking there. I cannot believe they could not think of an underdog team. All right, and so we'll get into, like, the actual plot points they discussed in a moment, but... I did, like... And, like, again, like, you can tell this is a cast that likes each other. There's no... They really like each other. And, like, here's the thing. It's, like, do I think they're all best friends all the time? No. No, but, like, they definitely like each other and enjoy each other's company. Yeah. And that's, I think... All you can really yeah, ask. All you can and ask it's nice for. because especially, especially in big ensemble yeah, shows like that. with what we've heard about some other casts. Mm-hmm. Like you can't always bank. Marvel. You can't always bank on everyone getting along, yep. especially in a huge ensemble cast like that. Mm-hmm. However, everybody seems to like each other I'm enough as co-workers. I'm pretty sure if they don't all get along, Wentworth shows up and yells at them. That's fair. I don't, I wouldn't. And Victor, and Victor Garber is always there. God love him. He is like... Victor Garber was the secret star of this because every time one of them would do something stupid, Victor Garber would be in there with a witticism. Uh Uh-huh. And I would be like, oh, Oh, incredible. He is. He was. He was. He was on point. He also absolutely made Jesse L. Martin ride with him on the plane because it was all of the legends. legends It was all of the legends except uh, Maisie and the new girl who I think came down together possibly or separately or Maisie saw that everyone was going. And was like, no, I'm good. I'll walk. Uh And Jesse L. Martin, who (laughs) Jesse and Victor know each other because Mm -hmm. they're both very talented, distinguished actors in both theater, theater and television. Yep. And... I guess Victor Garber I assume was Victor like, Garber literally grabbed him by the arm and said, I need you to do me a favor. Please help me. Please. God. <laughs> like, it was because from what we saw of the photos on the plane, I'm like, Nick Zano is like, Nick, Nick is Nick. Yeah. Nicky okay. Is so a, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want Nick Zano to think we're making fun of him because we are. I, Nick, you are, you, you, it's not that I'm making fun of you. It's that when I look at you, I literally, you look like one of my uncles. Like, all right, Nick Zano. Is look, from New Jersey. He, is well, a, he, he grew up in Florida. Is from New Jersey. Grew up in Florida, which is actually to, worse. It's actually worse. That is it's absolutely as worse. bad down there. That is worse. Um, and he was dressed like he is ready for the Jersey Shore reunion season. I'm so tired. If you replaced Ronnie with Nick Zano on both Legends and on the Jersey Shore <laughs> reunion, nobody would notice. Nobody's gonna notice. They could. Like, they could do. It's like wife swap where they just switch roles. No one would fucking notice. I genuinely love that because it's like let Ronnie, let Ronnie raise let, Nick Zano's child for a little. Listen, bit. I think it's hysterical, but like let Nick Zano deal with all the fucking ridiculous you know, romantic drama. He'd have he'd have a great time, but like he, I, I genuinely Jimmy and truly Andrew. love this because when wait, he wait, I want to stop real quick. Did you ever watch the Jersey Shore show? No, because actually, and this is speaking of. I literally live on the Jersey Shore. I watched all four seasons. Yeah, of course you did. Um, I am a 20-minute bike ride away from, like, where they had, like, the whole thing filmed. Um, First off, it's not my favorite boardwalk because it's super scuzzy. And secondly... It was, like, kind of a thing where you, like, hated on it. And now I'm like, why did we all hate this? This is fucking hysterical. But, like... Also, it brought you guys a ton of revenue. It, that, it, like, it wasn't, like... I think we were more offended of, like, the cultural... Like, it's, like, one of those things where, like, what morals? This city has always been garbage. <laughs> it's, like, like... It was an uncomfortable reflection. Well, also, I think a lot of people were annoyed because they were, like, Bennies. Like, none of them... Some Explain of them... Explain to our listeners what a Benny is. Sorry. Bennies um, is the colloquial term for someone who comes down to the shore usually from new york or pennsylvania for the summer um either for a week or for like a month they get like a summer rental they don't know how to drive they're loud they're boorish they're they're like a regular person from jersey except we don't like them because their license plates are different um 
the older you get, the more you realize that this is kind of stupid. And like, yes, we realize that. But when I was in high school when this came out, and so we were all like offended about it for no good reason. But now I'm like, this this show is amazing. Um, and Nick, it's a cultural standpoint. Nick, I am so fond of him when he talks because him grabbing that poor interview, who must still have handprint shaped bruises today, um, and he shaking looked, him is literally. I'm like, I have also been grabbed really hard by that, very drunk he, uncles. He was doing that to Tala in the back and, like, of the interview. Friend- like, like, like in a really friendly way like he's joking with her and he's like shaking he just her and doesn't like, realize he has known you for five hours you are please stop you are dislocating her shoulder because he's all muscle mass. all right so let's let's get into some like of the actual real things actually the zane train is pulling into the, the station. station the zane train has arrived ladies that's right billy zane is going to be on episode two as P.T. Barnum, as who, all of the budget for this season, I think is going to be the villain, which I love because like I circuses so are not like especially old time circuses are like really scuzzy, scuzzy and, and shady. I will say, and this is this is although something... we we both watched Carnival together, it's an amazing a total jump from Legends of Tomorrow, amazing show. But like basically, the second we saw they were doing like a '30s circus, we were like we immediately went, "Oh, this is going to be really racist and awful," and. We don't know that, but Amaya's already going to be in a cage, so I'm like, oh boy. Well, yeah, there was immediately, like, the two clips we see of Amaya is her looking up at something, and then her being a lion, or I think a tiger, and breaking out of one of the animal cages, and she's got, like, a chain on her wrist or something, and I'm like, oh, Oh, we just got here. We literally just got here. We've been here for 15 minutes. I will say, in defense of, I think it's an interesting choice for them to go to, because um, Todd Browning's Freaks was, like, this big super huge controversy at the time not because people in the 30s cared about disabled folks but because they were like uncomfortable with how real and ugly it was like he didn't use prosthetics Mm -hmm. he had people with significant disabilities who had circus work because there was nowhere else for them to go in acting acting in his film and like I don't even think Legends is going to bother doing that. Like, we're not going to no, see... I actually... I like, if you're going to do Ray this kind of episode, though... Jacks are going to pretend to be conjoined? I am so sick and Boat tired. Boat drinks! I'm so sick and fucking tired. Okay. Listen, listen. It is genuinely... Nick is afraid of clowns. Which is, like, great. My point is, is I'm genuinely, like kind of disappointed that something that was made in the 30s when and like in the 30s when freaks was made circuses were still something you could go Go to to, you could go see a lady with some sort of congenital birth defect and throw peanuts at her because she was getting paid for it and got room and board for and it was literally the only place that would take her in um which is horrible but actually this is not covered this in carnival this is actually something that would happen is that if your child was born like this, the parents would be like, we're just going to give you to this. Like, it was a way for people, you to make money if your child, because there was no insurance. There was not, no. no one to take care of this child. If your child It was had, that or they would kill them. Yes, had deformed hands or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they would put out word like, here is what my child looks like. And all the carnivals and circuses in the area would come and try to... Like the world's court, shittiest eBay. ...court this child because everybody wants the best talent so yes. to speak and that's the thing is they would and it was like it was especially for a little kid it's like hey i feel special all these people it's probably the most positive attention you've ever I actually, gotten there was a girl because i looked into this when i saw they were doing the full carnival there was a girl who had two pelvises she was probably supposed to be a twin uh-huh. so she had a second set of legs fully working um uterus nice um and vagina as well in her second set she made so much money by the time she was 18 that she could retire so the Olsen twins. 
but <laughs> oh my god you're going to hell i don't i didn't i just i meant that they retired she retired early Okay, I, don't I thought think... you meant it was because she ha- she, she she No, she... what the fuck? I just meant that she could retire early because she worked in show business as a child. What the fuck were you thinking? Jesus Christ, Rachel! <laughs> that was a perfectly innocent joke that was about a perfectly the perfectly innocent joke. I'm so sorry, everybody. Let's keep going. Anyway, the um... Zane train is still in I, the station. I, I do have to admit, I am disappointed that it doesn't seem like they're going to try. Like. As much as Freaks was... The episode was, was literally called Freak Show, and I don't think they're going to... Get any better from there. But like on that I, It's like... And listen, like, with when Todd Browning did that film, it was important not only because circuses were something people still went to, but because he didn't have people in fake prosthetics or pretending to be deformed playing the actors in question, he had people who really suffered from these disabilities... And this was in the 30s and his film was banned and people blacklisted him and he lost all of his street cred from having made Dracula and really didn't make films after that um, that flourished or did very well and died in relative obscurity. And Legends isn't even going to do that. Like you couldn't have a couple of like, I understand that like people are like, oh, but it would be like, but, but like touch on it or at least, at least acknowledge it over it. Yeah. Have, especially since Nate is a A hemophiliac. hemophiliac. Have him bring it up. There are ways to address this without necessarily doing something offensive. They're going to do none of that. They're going to do none of that. So that that brings us to our second, I guess, better plot point, which is that Rip is not going to be the villain this season. I know some people were speculating it, but basically. I don't know why they were, but because Because people, well, because Rip is kind of a, he's a very Slytherin. I don't understand why people think of him as shady. I'm like, he's not shady. He has an English accent. That's true. We are kind he's of not shady. He's just English. He's They're so just English. Like, that. like he's not restrained because he's hiding. I mean, he is hiding something, but he's not doing it because he has he, ulterior motives. The only motives. thing he's hiding is a just vast valley of emotion. Like he just doesn't want to acknowledge emotions. He's not shady. He's just English. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing: is that essentially this is why they couldn't make the sports metaphor because he has these time cops. That are competent and smart, and, and one of them is an older woman. One of them is who an looks older like his woman. mother. Yeah, that's. Mm, oh yeah, oh, no, we'll get to that point in a second. I'm yeah, so sorry. we'll get there eventually. And you know, she, Katie, was like, they're all kind of at odds with Rip because he's got new friends who are shinier and smarter than us. Yeah, they're jealous. And I love that. I licked Rip, and so he's mine now. And I love that, especially because an, a big point in the trailer was. Um, he's hiding something. He's not that he's hiding something bad, but she was like, he was hiding something to something bad from us, like to keep us safe. Well, she doesn't say to keep us safe. And I know people are going to misinterpret it, but the only reason Rip is hidden stuff what? is to protect. Them. That's what I, yeah, because she, uh, the way from the way that things are going right Rip's, now, because she Sarah's says, I going to be mad at Rip for two reasons. One, cause he keeps fucking leaving. Uh huh. She's pissed at him about that. And that's fair. And two, because she, you know, he, He's hiding shit. He took another team and he wants them to be the people that he sacrifices because he's not willing to sacrifice these people if they can't handle it. And that's the thing is I, I, from the way that I interpreted Sarah in the trailer being like Rip wasn't telling us something about a greater evil and Rip also not coincidentally assigning, uh, um, assembling a team mm-hmm. of very powerful, very yeah. competent agents of time travel is Rip is getting these people together to protect his team. But... I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. I well, do Arthur think Darville it is, but... Well, Arthur is recurring. 
He's Recur- not regular, but recurring but is still recurring like recurring is not. Dark. He was already kind of recurring this season. Yeah, though. so it's going to be about as much rip as we saw last season. Yeah, maybe a little more. So. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he goes back to being a full time regular the season after this one, but it's like he's very busy with like other he other projects. He really loves being in the theater. Yeah, so they have to kind of juggle that. Um, it is a little easier because it's a TV and series and not mm. film. Um, but it is hopefully like signs that he'll go back to being a normal member of the cast soon. Um, but I do think him being, uh, him being recurring is more a formality than Mm -hmm. anything because he wasn't in so much of the first half of last season and then was like sporadically in and out of the the rest of it. So also Wentworth is going to be recurring and they said, yeah, we can talk about that. They said not just that he's going to be back because he was back last season, but not on that the went team. great. Remember how that went? We sure had a great time with Len but, back last season, but that Ari is staring into the distance right now. I wish you guys could see this thousand yard fucking stare. Literally so tired. Um, so basically he's going to be on the team again, but they said not as Mick remembers. And my first thought was like, they're going to get a teenager. And then mm-hmm. they confirmed it was Wentworth. So I was actually very pleased about that because I was like, I don't want some fucking white teenager. I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna be a teenager. I. I was just like, oh Christ. I, I don't. Think, I um, felt nameless dread on I, my first response. Yes, everybody says when the second I told people that like he's back, but he's not as Mick remembers. They're like, I'm less excited and more cautiously dreadful. And I'm yes. like, that's the spirit, Squidward. <laughs> that's literally. I'm like, okay. Um, I'm kind of feeling like it might be like a Doctor Manhattan Oculus Len, like a Len who's kind of detached from his humanity. Because I'd really love to see Wentworth play that. That would be really fun. After that brief feeling of nameless, bleak dread that seeped through my body like ice, um, I'm going to show my weeb roots here, and I'm going to be honest. I was like, oh, Christ, it's going to be like some Subasa thing where, like, Mick is going to remember all the adventures he had with Len on the Wave Rider and the kind of man that Len became, and Len's not going to remember Mick, and it's going to be awful. Um, that would be heartbreaking. Um, but, but that's pretty much all we're hoping for because yeah, my standards Doom are super Len low. was so nasty. was so bad. That I'm kind of like, you know what? Let's just call that our lowest bar and try to go up from there. Yeah. I mean, I am I am interested because I'm, I should say interested. It's, it's a very what's in the box kind of interest, not like a fun interest. <laughs> It is a, is it going to be a severed head or is it going to be something worse? No. Or like maybe, maybe not like, okay. So like, let's call severed head the midpoint. Yeah. Severed head is like the, severed head is like Len that doesn't remember Mick. Bottom bar, like maybe all of the severed body. I'm not sure where this metaphor is going is Doomworld Len. And I think it's just Like a severed hand is Oculus Len. Yeah. Because like a severed hand, you're like, oh, they're still probably alive. They're just missing a hand. Yeah. And that's fine. We can get a hook for that. But Gideon can make you a new Gideon, Gideon can make you Len has lost hands before. Yeah, it's fine. Gideon, would you make your grunkle Leonard a new hand, sweetie? Jesus. Um, I will say, I think I'm just more frustrated as a fan of Len, where I was like, he was doing fine narratively. Why did you feel the need to kill him and create this ugly mess that you just continue to destroy and distort and make more oh, difficult oh, I'm for sorry. yourselves. I'm receiving a phone. I'm receiving a phone call from Phil Clemmer. Let me pick up. Yes. Yes. Hello. Hello, Phil. Yeah. He told you to stop it. <laughs> I listen. Um, that went, that was really, you went really far for a really simple re- rebuttal there. I really feel like, um, that was, that was a little, that was a lot. Hi, it's me, television producer, Phil Clemmer. <laughs> and it seems like the problem is that you're asking me to have a fucking cohesive storyline 
And I think you need to put another $1,000 in useless map space. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm just, I guess I'm disappointed because I'm like, Len was doing something very good and going good places. And then they decided that this was how they wanted to send his character. And I'm just, it's just it's just a mess it's like it's it's, bad i do think i mean i do hope that they can pull something good out of it but i'm like you already had something like you shouldn't have to fix what you broke you decided to break it i will say though two things one dominic purcell says that mick recognizes that the team loves him and that his they're like his first family and two he called len and mick soulmates i'm so and i have never well no i lied because there's that photo of carlos valdez i showed ari earlier and that's the most I've ever wanted to die. And, and, but, um. But, like, below that is Len and Mick are soulmates. And then below that is Ray, Ray fell for Eobard. I'm so angry that we both, I think. And you. then below that is, why does Mick always call Go Ray right. haircut? <laughs> but, like, I do like that, because, like, that's the thing is, I trust Dominic and Wentworth to, to continue to play Len and Mick well. I don't know how the writing of the show is going to be, but... Dominic Purcell is out here like, I think they're soulmates. And I'm like, you could absolutely take seven Phil Clemmers in a fight. So I do think you're going to get to have a healthy relationship with Mick again. That's a good, good photo. Sorry, I just pulled up the photo of Carlos Valdez again. Um, I... He is... All right, let's 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 just like briefly take a like, small tangent about the other cast. He looks like super sexy vampire Lestat. Um, I'm just going to say a couple things about the other casts. Number one, the Arrow cast. I'm so, so happy Katie Cassidy is back. Emily um, Rose and Kamali is Rose. my favorite thing about Katie Cassidy being back is on Thursday night when they were doing a question and answer for sci-fi and Katie did a cute little thing where she was in the audience and then they brought her up on stage, of course, and Emily threw Steven 15 feet <laughs> and wrapped herself around Katie like a snake. And then kissed her I, face. I, meant, I, I mean snake in a very like cute way. I have a pet snake. I mean like how... Um, Clung to he's actually, like a sloth. He's actually a ball python and pythons will coil around something and hold it very tightly. And yeah, that's And about... like not let it go. And it's... He's, they're so round and cute. And like that's, that's what I mean. Yes. And like, she's just like been handsy and then like i'm really glad to see she has been so grabby like Juliana we're not as handsy as she have been is getting really along really well which, which is, is so sweet. nice and like somebody pointed out that like you know katie is always media so... keeps trying to pit katie against other women and katie cassidy just like refuses to let that happen yeah she doesn't make a point of it she's not like aggressive about it but she never ever ever says a bad thing about the women that she works with and she's always so kind and so sweet and i am so glad that emily climbing into her shirt um, had yeah, so much fun this weekend. Listen, I we Rachel and I are very oh, handsy. We, we were that, not that handsy. We saw that photo she posted of her sitting 17 feet away from Stephen Amell while he was in the front of the car with a Batman mask. And I'm like, uh-huh. does he like is he doing that jokingly because he knows people call him knockoff Batman? He's like, ha ha. But then also like he does not have the I intelligence. I think he wants to just pretend to be Batman. Self awareness. But so, you know, he's sitting behind the wheel of the car and he's wearing the mask, and so Emily's caption is this is illegal, and I'm like, Oh, that's funny. And I go, and I, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm doing my makeup. And like an hour later, I'm like, wait a second, was Stephen Amell going to drive a car? <laughs> they were going to let him? <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying. And that, I think, is the true horror yeah. of this past weekend. We should really just be lucky that everyone survived that trip. Especially if he was driving with a mask on, that's tough. No, 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 I think he took the mask off. But I Are don't think sure? it made a difference. <laughs> I mean, no, l- but with these cataracts, I might as well be. <laughs> what is that, a woodpecker? Listen, 
Um, no, the Arrowcast was super sweet. Um, they, I mean, the Arrowcast all did very well. They were all really nice to each other. Um, tag yourself. I'm Echo. Wondering how Emily I, can yeah. function when she's I, just gay. Emily, Emily, it was really sweet. Um, it was and really then sweet. The I was so Flash happy to cast, see them back. Uh, Keenan was great. Carlos was great. Candace was great. Thomas Grant Gustin. Thomas his Grant girlfriend Justin. was there the entire his, time his girlfriend while was he was there. meat gluing himself to co-star Candace Patton, who was sitting there like, yeah, this happens every year. And like, there's a moment where Carlos literally lifts his hand off of Candace and goes, dude, that's not your real girlfriend. And at first I thought he was like teasing him or giving him a hard time. And then someone told me later, no, Grant Gustin's girlfriend was like there the entire time. And I'm like, one man desperately <laughs> tries to save a relationship. <laughs> he is so noble and good. Like he took, he, he yelled grenade and t- just jumped right on it. There's a lot of grenades being thrown at the <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con. The metaphorical grenade, not the literal grenade. Oh, um, Damien Dark is back and like more Neil vicious. McDonough, Neil McDonough, by all accounts, seems to be very sweet. I don't care about Damien Dark. I'm so tired I don't, tired of I don't being care alive. about Damien Dark. And also, I think it's really funny because when Phil Klemmer brought up Dune World, he, he was like, oh, Thawne's Dune World. Like, they do seem to have this thing where they were like, Eobard Thawne was the leader of the Legion of Doom and the real bad guy, but they announced that Neil McDonough's coming back first, which is weird because they're like hyping Eobard. Also, apparently like this main... is a controversial opinion, but I find Matt Lesnar way more attractive than I find Tom Cavanaugh. Why is that a controversial opinion? No offense to Tom Cavanaugh. I, it's it's controversial, but Matt Lesnar is actually quite he's, handsome. He's, he is and a... Tom Cavanaugh is a little funny looking. And Tom Cavanaugh would agree with yeah, me. Yeah, Tom Cavanaugh is, he, 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 he has a... Do you have any has, other questions? Not for you. No, nope, he has a face for radio, but... Um, <laughs> I want to I meet Tom Cavanaugh so I can tell him that. Listen, he's very sweet, but Matt, like, Matt looks like a Matt handsome Lesner, 50s newscaster. Matt Lesnar could be a prime. character on Dream Daddy. Okay, this podcast is <laughs> this over. This podcast is over, everyone. Excuse <laughs> it's, us. It's been really nice talking to you. He is like a he is slowly getting to Silver Fox status. Like he he he's not quite not, there yet. Yeah, but God, um, he. What were we? Um, we what were was just, the point of no, this? I just want to mention that um, Neil McDonough is coming back. Neil McDonough is coming back, and then we were like, "Yeah, I'd fuck Matt." Ray, like, Ray Donovan's back. <laughs> But um, I also love that Legends in the trailer, to go back to Legends, um, is referencing, this show is just a reference of everything else the other actors have worked in. Um, they already had poor Victor Garber making Titanic references. They had him make one in the third episode of Oh, they've had one. him. This is like the third time he's had to make a Titanic reference. I'm and like, somebody said there were more Prison Break references coming. Oh, good. Oh, good. I, don't, I genuinely, I know we're giving them a hard time. I don't mind them because they're always very funny like because the, the the actors in question know like they, they're aware well, it's a like, reference Franz was in attack the block and they I know. have never let him make a single reference to which that. is and a I'm shame like, because attack... this is the highest quality thing but like attack the block is like one of those good cult hits it's a solid yeah. early audis um science fiction piece uh the monster design in it but was phenomenal from a creature and who design can forget standpoint the three minute kiss that Franz and john boyega had. Stop. um but like attack the block is great um they should have more references to it they don't have the budget necessarily to pull off cool monsters like attack the block had like they just straight up do not have the ability to do anything as competent or fun um in terms of creature design all right well here's here's something i want to talk about because actually we we discussed questions with our friend who did the round tables but um we've done press tables before and we've done cast interviews and super we fun. ask questions very differently than yeah that was interesting other, I noticed. because we don't like to 
I don't want to hear about like what the yeah. episode's going to be about. I don't really give a shit. Like why we, they're not going to tell you. Nobody you the ever seems to ask questions outside the episode like synopsis. And yeah. I'm not saying you have to hardball these characters and ask Grant Gustin like I want a five-page essay of... on Barry Allen's motivations for why he wants to get both Iris and Cisco pregnant due on my death by tomorrow morning. <laughs> Cisco is trans. We're not talking mpreg yes. because that is fucking transphobic as shit. Cisco Ramon is a trans boy. However, just wanted to clarify that. Thank you. I was also going to ask him to talk about Barry Allen's um, ODPL complex. Jesus, that's 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 come for his whole life like that. But <laughs> like, you can kind of, and I don't mean that's in a drag on the interviewers because I'm sure they are interviewing dozens of casts from a, like yeah. a couple hundred TV shows where they are so tired and frantically skimming the press releases. However, I also did multiple interviews in one day before and like. Please, God, there's so like, much of just reading be, off the press release of the synopsis. There must be someone on your team that watches the show. Have them write the questions. Yes. Like, and even if you, if you have, I just, I feel like, like, there wasn't a lot of attempts to come up with questions on the fly. It wasn't necessarily that the interviewers were incompetent. It was more that their focus was getting spoilers out of these people. And I'm like, why do you do that? Because it's so uncomfortable for everyone involved because they usually can't give away certain and things. And also there's always and all like, these what's weird the jokes of like, oh, you're the fastest man. Like, like, because yeah. they don't really know what else to talk about. So they sort of like make references to like, like blurring the lines between characters and actors. And I could tell that the actors did not love that this year. Well, cause it's like weird. And I, I also like, just from a psychological standpoint, having to bump back and forth here's between the like thing is that like, yes, we, we went on a whole tangent about how like, we don't really mind if actors show up to Comic-Con drunk and we would do the same thing. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, actors really do like being asked like, in-depth questions about the material they've worked with yeah and because like, that's they their like thing. to actually like think about the stuff ask them about the like, characters they're playing they're even not actors, writing the scripts even actors that you're like this person's a moron do still have like thoughts and feelings about their character and have you like have a vision you of them in their head an actor otherwise and like that's a shame because like i don't care about the first episode synopsis i'll watch the fucking trailer we already got i and i distinctly remember as we're watching the flash interview i'm like i read the press release for the first episode that came out a few days prior to this you're not treading any new ground you're not asking me you're not telling me anything i don't already know and i'm not asking you to give me like but i'm like i don't like that they try to get spoilers out of them because number one, they're not going to know because they're not writing scripts. Number two, they've probably, what they do know, they're instructed very strictly not to tell. So you're making them uncomfortable. And I'm like, is part of the entertainment here watching them get uncomfortable with how they can't answer? Like, what what the fuck is the point of that? This and it's so much easier. This is not between two ferns. Yeah, like, it's so much easier to just ask them a question about their character. And I'm not, you don't have to have a nuanced, in-depth understanding. You could just be like, oh, doesn't that one guy play like a, a scientist type? Well, let me ask him, like, how how useful does he think his character's smarts are in, this, in the situations that he gets into on the show? There you go. That's simple. I literally came up with it for a character that doesn't exist. I just thought of I what... I literally just thought you were talking about Ray Palmer. Yeah. It could be any... You could literally ask that for almost every single fucking scientist character ever. You're like, well, how do you think they find their and talents useful? Even then... Or, like, they try to get, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, but they don't really ask questions about, like, people's personalities and, like, a way you would actually ask a person you're talking to. Yeah. Like, if is... I'm asking you about work... I don't go like, so hey, is there anything like funny you did recently? I, <laughs> yeah, I, but that's like, that's also, that's also very conversational, yeah. which is not, I think the, the kind of tone that most Comic-Con interviews are shooting for. They don't want something that's um, conversational, although I do enjoy conversational style interviews. Um, they have to, they have to come from a place where you kind of know and trust the interviewer. 
Um, and very, very often you're not going to get that with a generic Entertainment Tonight interviewer and an actor. But I just, I'm just like, there are so many good questions you could ask and you're not asking. And that's why I genuinely prefer panels where fans are allowed to ask the questions. Because yes, for every god-awful, cringy, oh my god, why did you ask that of all fucking things question. Supernatural um, fan panel. Please. Um, there are still a lot of good questions from people who have, and this is important, watched the show and care about the show. And like, that's a shame that the big hyped interviews don't contain more questions like that. I mean, ultimately, I will say, like, I know we were just kind of, like, ragging on inter interview tactics, but, like, this is just us coming from, I love doing press tables. Like, yeah. I could literally just do that all of Comic-Con and just sit there and talk to people because I love asking these kinds of questions because once you get them talking, it is very hard to get them to stop talking. Um, but, oh, wait, there's one more thing I want to cover. Um Because yes. it reminded me because I said I was doing press tables and I remember doing Constantine stuff last year. Um, they did say that Constantine might show up on Legends if, they, could get if they can get, they, and here's the thing from having talked to Matt last year, if they say to him, can you come back and do Constantine? He's going to make time to do it. Like he loves that character. He will come back and play Constantine again. And I genuinely would really like that because I was disappointed when Constantine flopped because they weren't willing to make him bisexual, which is the number one reason why it flopped. I don't care what anybody says. The second that they said, oh, we're not doing that. People were like, well, then what the fuck audience. is the point? Because very few people are going to tune in for a supernatural crime show that isn't allowed to be as complex and violent as Hellblazer can sometimes be because it's network television. Um, you're right. Absolutely it's, right. And then he's not bi, so you don't even turn in because you're like, you don't have that. So having him on a show that has used the word bisexual, that is very positive about bisexuality um and getting him back in that sort of environment i think would be really good for constantine's character and it'll just be nice to see him reprise the role in a show that in a show that i think is appropriate for it you know it's great because in the time we were recording this melissa benoit uh benoist i don't i don't quinoa melissa quinoa um basically her pr team threatened defamation against people that I mean, it works for Hulk Hogan, so, uh... Um, and, you know, that's why we just like to say alleged just to cover our own butts when we record this, because you never know what kind of uh, psycho celebrity is out there defending an abusive relationship because she's fucking her co-star. Allegedly. Allegedly. But calling her a homophobe for participating in something that's really hurtful, apropos of nothing, allegedly, is way too far. Allegedly. allegedly. Like, somebody just called her a Rachel Berry wannabe. Ouch. And I was like, how dare you Come for bring her and Rachel Berry, who idolizes one of the few Jewish saints, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Great. How dare you bring this goy-ass, allegedly, bitch, allegedly, into this, allegedly. Jesus Christ. Barbara would never stand for this. Barbara would never fucking stand for but this. But you know what else? Barbara would never be so stupid as to alienate uh, gay people this way. Yeah, I, I, you so, know your audience. You know, I guess that's why she's Barbara, and your career is over after Supergirl, allegedly. Sucks. I don't know how she's going to find her next husband, then. Allegedly! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um... God, you know, and, like, I never thought I would look at the Legends of Tomorrow cast and go, There. 
Those are some quality people who are managing not to do anything that bad. Real real role models for uh, San Diego. I'm going to be level with you. After this weekend, there is so much information overload that comes out of these couple of days yeah. where everyone is just punching you in the face with new trailers and new information. Here's 18 different shows you watch. Here's information on all of them and what they're up to this year. And you're like, I'm so tired. Or at least I am. It yeah, can be it's very incredibly stressful to like follow it. And we're minute. not even there. And like, that's why, you know, um, people are like, oh, you know, the nerd dream is you go to San Diego. No, it fucking isn't. At least not mine. Um, it's not my, it's called LineCon. And like, let me tell you as someone who's been to DragonCon, mm-hmm. DragonCon, um, it's easier to meet and greet with the celebrities. Um, the cosplay is incredible. Oh God. It's across five hotels. So there's a lot of walking around and seeing Atlanta. It is a great con. They don't cap it. Yeah. And you can Airbnb. Nice. Always super good. It will still be humid. You will still die. Yeah. But it's not like you're not dying in San Diego weather anyway. So if you so. ever want to do a big convention, because New York does cap and is very hard to get, if you want to do a big convention, go to Dragon Con. That's my recommendation. If you want to do a sm- fun smaller con, I think we know where you should go, though. Flame Con, which is August 19th and 20th, hosted <laughs> at the Brooklyn Bridge Marriott. We're going to have a lot of great guests. Robin Lord Taylor is going to be there. He was also at San Diego Comic Con, so like... Essentially, we're better than them because yeah. of that. There's no lines. Uh, well, there will probably be a line. A couple lines, but not like I line cannot con. stress this enough. Please do not touch Robin Lord Taylor. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Kevin Wada is gonna be there, so I can have have words about that Captain Cold piece that he just did recently. Yeah, I'm. I that's actually how I'm gonna open the con- Kevin Wada is the nicest person. And if I came up to him with that printed out and went, what the hell is this Kevin Wada? He would just look off at me in like shock and like kind of apologetic fear. You are very intimidating when you're asking someone, what the hell is this thing? Um, what the hell is this Kevin Wada? If you have not seen Kevin Wada's sketch, it's a commission of Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold. You need to Google wow. it. It is incredible. And like, we get it. You want to have sex with it Wentworth. Is, it is the embodiment of daddy culture, like in a piece um, so congratulations for just 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 nailing that in one photo. Also, I guess Melissa Art. is no longer invited because <laughs> that's over now. Um, she wasn't invited. Like she was not formally invited to begin with. But like that's over that now. That song actually did get everybody uninvited. Like retro that 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 <laughs> that song. Even though they were not invited beforehand, <laughs> now they are less invited. They are mega invited. Um, but no. In all seriousness, I also do also have to say that this is a um. Even though this is a uh, not technically affiliated with FlameCon, this is not a FlameCon official podcast. I just happen to be um, helping with FlameCon, and so uh, my opinions that are expressed are not the express opinions of Geeks Out or FlameCon as organizations. Nice, thanks. No, that's a good. That's a good solid. Cover. Allegedly, I honestly, we might as well just make allegedly the title of this fucking podcast. But to close this out, um, I guess I just want to have a message for like a, just like a like a quick mental health moment where if you're feeling overwhelmed, like the two of us kind of were with all of this information, it doesn't make you a bad fan if you're like, okay, I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's a lot of information about a lot of things you may or may not be interested in all at once from everything you are into in two days, basically. There's a saying where we come from. And it goes in your mouth all at once. And it's okay to close your mouth. Yeah. Just just this once. It is okay to it is okay to close your mouth. It is okay to kind of walk away from this and take a minute. The information will still be there yeah. in a couple of days' time. Nothing you can be excited it's over later. Now and nothing is changing. And um Take a breather. Enjoy the show uh, when it comes the, out. The I am a member of the theater community tweet was not only outdone, 
It was put on a rocket ship and fucking sent to the moon. It is gone. Jeremy Jordan and Melissa, whatever, don't care. Um, ass blasted. They made the theater <laughs> they community. They put that theater community tweet on a jump drive. No, we're and not making that reference. We're no, not. no, we said we weren't going to make any theater, more references. They put the theater community tweet in a fucking rocket ship and threw it off of Krypton as it exploded. They could not have allegedly. done. Allegedly. They could not have made Grant Gustin look better if he had.